What is a podcast, pals? Welcome to episode 37 of the I Love It Here, I Hate Your Podcast. My name is Steven. I am joined by my exclusive co-host, Connor. I'm just saying exclusive because you're not on any other podcast, right? Not that you know of. Like we have a joint agreement that we're exclusive. Yeah, I'm on a non-compete until the end of 2024. Okay. But I also have to say that we're also joined by our exquisite, brilliant, loving, caring, handsome, radiant friend, Sam Irish, coming coming all the way from Seattle, Washington. Yeah, this is our first West Coast guest. Yeah. And it's funny because a theme of the podcast is that Connor hates both coasts. And he lives on the East Coast and you live on the West Coast, whereas I'm in the Midwest, which is just a couple of coastal elites, you know? Exactly, dude. So Sam is joining us. Sam was going to, holy, look at my hair. I did not mean to do that. Um, Sam is joining us from Washington State. And Sam and I and Connor have known each other probably since fifth grade, I think is when Sam came to join us at uh, Bangor West Elementary School. That is right. And we've been bumming along ever since i mean with some divots here and there of not talking because we hated each other's guts but i'm just kidding that's not real (laughs) but yeah so sam how's it going oh it's going great you know just chilling on a sunday yeah did uh did a lot of crazy this weekend involving pokemon go now i'm here to relax (laughs) yeah so the three of us and another friend tanner are in a group chat where every week we send uh screenshots of our screen time from apple on our iphones and Stephen shared his early this morning. I haven't checked. I don't know if anybody else <laughs> has shared theirs because our, the three of us, ours got completely wrecked by the Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah, I haven't checked mine yet. I'm pretty sure it's like two hours over what I typically do. <laughs> we just like to do it to shame ourselves. Like, wow, look at who used this much time. And that I mean, it was, it was like a physical fitness kind of thing at one point. Like we would send videos of ourselves <laughs> doing like push-ups and crunches and and then we've like stopped that. doing that and are just <laughs> a bunch of careless people. It's the fitness group chat, dude. I mean, so I, th- I think you could still consider fitness, like mental fitness, I guess, of spending less time on the phone. Exactly. Less no, that's I, true. I, I agree with that. So before we get into Sam and all of that stuff, we like to have our guest host awkwardly sit here while we talk about the albums that we recommended last week. So Sam can just sit there in silence unless he has anything to chime in. But I recommended Vince Staples by Vince Staples, who is one of my favorite rappers ever. And it was a very good album. He typically raps about like his upbringing in West, like North Side, Los Angeles. And he kind of brings it in this one as well. He talks about things that is kind of common for him, gangbanging, um, having friends that have been shot and killed and things like that. So it's a new rawness because I don't think we've had this vulnerable version of event staples before. And it was just very good. A law of averages is probably my favorite song on the project. Yeah. I liked Vince staples by Vince staples. Uh, I don't, I haven't really listened to much of him. I know you've been talking about him for a number of years. Uh, so I liked MHM. And Sundown Town. I like the song Sundown Town. I don't like the fact that they actually existed. Uh, and I also appreciate the brevity of this album. I, I think we've talked about it before, but things don't need to be super long to be good. And so I like the fact that most of these songs are under three minutes. It's yes. like a quick in and out, you know? It's a 22 minute long project. And you're going to like my recommendation this week if you like shorter albums, because I got a good one for you. You recommended <laughs> the Goofy Movie soundtrack. Which... I don't know why you're laughing uh, because <laughs> I think Lester's Possum Park, Eye to Eye, and uh, Stand Out are just three bangers. Yeah, they really are. And it's like one, <laughs> two, three with them. Yeah. But I need to bring a, a, a lyric from one of the songs. And Sam, you can comment on this if you want. 
Lester's possum bark has a line in it that says there's a possum hidden in your pants. And I think that's a very questionable thing because mm. what is the possum in question here? Is it an actual possum or is it something else that starts with a P? Uh, something fuzzy. <laughs> so other than that, eye to eye is honestly a banger. Uh, that I added that to my summer brutal. playlist. I added eye to eye to my, my summer playlist so I can listen to it. Next to all the T-Pain? Yes, of course. Next to all the T-Pain. I'm a, I'm a well-known T-Pain stan fanboy. So, so what's with, your recommendation? And without my recommendation this week is, have any of you ever listened to a female artist named Tierra Wack or heard of her? No, I, I don't listen not. to female artists. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't have a goatee yet. I can't say that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I am uh, recommending Whack World by Tierra Whack, which is a 15 song project. Each song is one minute long exactly. Whoa. So we talk about brevity. It is very good. There's songs like Silly Sam, which is good. Whack World, which is good. The titular song on the album, Whack World, because you're, I know what the word titular really, means now. Yeah, you're digging that word now. I see it. Is it a. Mm. Uh, are there. Are there choruses and bridges in this? Nope, it's it... just her going. There's like some choruses sometimes in hooks, but usually it's just her going bar for bar and she's very good at what she does. Now, what, what's the setting to listen to an album like this if they're only a minute long each song? It's like, do you listen to it while working out, while just like sitting around? If it's like a short one, so with the Vince Staples one and with Whack World, I kind of just like sit down and listen to it, kind of like it's a TV show. Like I put all of my brain focus on it mm-hmm. so that i can see like the intricacies of what's going on whereas if it's a longer thing like drake releases like two day long albums that are just loaded with things that i don't yeah. care about i won't listen to the whole thing all at once i won't even care much to listen to it because that part of my drake enjoyment has long gone with all of his recent albums i absolutely but, love like albums that are like less than 25 minutes long yes this is so easy to digest yes so that's mine is Whack World. And then Connor, what is yours? Sam can Sam really likes his album. So Sam, I, I brought this up partially because Sam's here, but also I was actually thinking, I was walking back from getting some Malaysian food for lunch. And I was like, what album am I going to talk about? And then I just looked down and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, dude. I have this shirt on already. <laughs> People who see our the Instagram posts of, of the podcast recording are be like, he wears that shirt a lot. It's my Sunday attire. It's a very comfy shirt. <laughs> I like the color. But the album is Because the Internet by Childish Gambino. Steven and I have talked about it. One of the first shows, I think, was talking about our favorite albums of all time. Yes. And Because the Internet by Childish Gambino is probably in my top five favorite albums of all time. He's probably my favorite current artist. Um, And I don't know what more to say about this. It's just, it's a really interesting kind of blend of rap with R&B and then like industrial some weird stuff in it, like some death grips parts that I, I don't like, wouldn't like, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's really good. So I don't know if you guys have anything to touch on with it. That is my favorite album of all time. And yeah. it still is to this day, honestly. Connor, I think you showed me that album like the month it came out, like eight years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think I was in your car. And like ever since then, like I haven't found an album that I like liked more than that one. It's just all over the place. And it kind of introduced me to like the world of rap in general. Cause like, yeah, I like some Kanye and stuff like that beforehand, but that was, you know, he's really mainstream, but like, I never really listened to Childish Gambino before that. And like, it just kind of opened up like a whole like new subset of music. I'd never like experienced before. I haven't listened to because of the internet in a long time. And I genuinely don't remember much of the album. So I'm looking forward to revisiting it and seeing if I enjoy it as much as you guys do. I have a question though. Can you call Childish Gambino a current, artist you put out an album last year okay never mind would you call kendrick lamar a current artist 
yeah. Well, I mean, was like, the what's the cutoff like, from the last time they released music to be like a current Rihanna's artist? Rihanna's not a current artist. Yeah. So, so like three years, maybe. Four? I think three years is yeah. good. Just a question that I had. So moving on from that stuff, we'll check out those albums. Sam, you're here, and it took um, a few weeks to plan this because you know scheduling stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You, we went to high school together, the three of us, and we became very good friends. I would say probably senior year of high school, probably primarily because we were in courses together, but also probably a little bit of junior year for English, I think yep, is where we all kind of bonded. Um, I don't recall much before that of us being friends. I don't remember much either, but I also don't remember much from that part of my life in the first place. (laughs) So um, it's not just exclusive to you. So we became very good friends and we'll kind of go through a timeline here because I have some things I want to talk about. And it kind of like follows a little tree before we get into our love. It's in our hate. It's so senior year of high school, Sam and I, good friends. We were at somebody's house and this was after my ex-girlfriend in high school was like cheating on me and all that stuff. So I was like, Sam, wham, um, you know, this is an emotionally <laughs> scarring thing that's going to last up until through now. And I need someone to talk about with all of that. So you and I, I think it was like, was it like, wee hours of the night like 2 a.m or 3 a.m it was, was like, like 2 a.m okay it was. it was 2 a.m we were at our friend ryan's house who uh we all kind of like lived somewhat off of the same road sam was a little bit further away from us but we went to taco bell at 2 a.m and listeners this is the last time i've had taco bell which is why this is so prominently in my mind because i haven't had taco bell other than a few nachos here and there since 2013 I can't believe that. That is that is the most truth. shocking thing I've ever heard. I've had their nachos every once in a while, but I've not had a taco I've talked about since 2013. Baja Blast? You haven't gone yeah. through no, Baja? nothing of that. Cinnamon Twist occasionally. When somebody else is going to get it, I will pay them. I have not had Taco Bell myself directly since 2013. And this is when Sam and I kind of like there's a moment in life when you are just tied, tied to somebody permanently. And you are bonded, bonded together by like, there's some welding going on. So it's like, here's some metal. And then it's like, here's the plant floors. That's like us getting bonded together, bound together. This is us getting bound together. I think bound is the correct term for that. Just talking about our pain. Because <laughs> what brings people together more than exclusive mutual suffering? And so that is probably my first interest or like first experience with sam being one of my best friends for the rest of eternity because of an experience like that where i was able to talk about the very like heart-wrenching struggle that i was going through and how we bonded on that and how moving forward he's always been like a person that has always been there for me so that's kind of like the first instance of us being very super close yeah um i think beforehand like I would say that we are more acquaintances than anything because we had a bunch of mutual friends like Ryan Hazen, um, you know, Connor and Tanner, obviously, but like, yeah. I don't think we ever hung out before that. No, because <laughs> like we, we would like, it'd be Ryan was like the, the common interest there because Ryan was like friends with me from elementary school, but he was also friends with you from elementary school. And we kind of like knew each other here and there. And then in school, obviously you're going to be close to people you go to school with because you're it's convenience. And we, I think that that part, like the Taco Bell at 3 a.m. took us from being convenient friends to like actually being real friends because, you know, you don't just like forget, like, I'm still talking about this. I still think about this very frequently, like eight years ago. So that's one of the things that stuck out to me as most important because of things like that. So, and this is also important because this is like 
2013 was the last time I saw you until like 2016 because you and Connor both went to University of Michigan for college. Yeah, and that's that right. and that's where like Sam and I were definitely acquaintances in like we knew each other from middle school, elementary school, and then high school. But he and I, we didn't really hang out outside of school. And then we went to college. And as you said, we went to the University of Michigan. We're the only two people from our high school class that went there. So immediately it was like, okay, there's at least somebody that I know here. So Sam and I, we actually ended up hanging out a good bit that first year. I, you know, a lot of trips to five guys. A lot uh, of trips. A lot of trips to five guys. <laughs> I'm actually, it's kind of funny. The first weekend, was it the first weekend, Sam, or second weekend, you and I were walking and we went under a tree. Oh my God. I remember that. <laughs> it was like either the welcome weekend or the second weekend on campus. And he and I just walking back to my dorm and we go under a tree and all of a sudden, like just bird shit on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, still talk about that to this day. <laughs> I was like, no way. Are you like, awesome. Just great. What a start to my college career. It, it only got better from there, but uh, it's supposed to be good luck. Really? I, you know, looking back, was it good luck? I don't know. Do you consider it good luck? Like what happened afterward? <laughs> I consider it luck that you and I became friends after that. But uh, other true. than that, uh, yeah, no, college was, college was rough, especially that first first year to kind mm-hmm. of getting used to like not to sound like cocky but like to have to really try oh yeah really try and actually yeah. study and do because you and I I think we all did pretty well in high school but then going to college it's just a totally different ball game it was John, so harder. John Glenn did not challenge you at all I feel like looking Definitely. back on it I walked through high school and I didn't really have to try except for if it was math class and even then I was able to switch out of pre-calc and go into business math and get an easy A so I didn't even have to really make myself work for good grades. Whereas in college, I was like, oh, wow, this is a slap in the face of the real world. I haven't actually put an effort. And I, that's one thing that I wish John Glenn did better. I mean, I enjoy going to school there, but regardless, I digress on that. I don't know about you guys, but one thing that was hard for me was learning how to study properly for each like yes. different like subject. Cause like for high school, I feel like the way you study or not study, I guess, depending on what class it is, is kind of all the same. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then with college, is a completely different from every subject you're doing. Like if I was doing like organic chemistry stuff, like I had to like basically become like a memorization machine. Right. 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 And you didn't want to do that in high school. No, at not all. at all. And like history comes naturally so I can regain history. But if it was like a science class in college, I would struggle immensely because I did not know how to study and I didn't learn how to study in high school. I mean, Miss Schaefer, gosh, she is fantastic. I didn't even have to take her class because I was dual enrolled my last semester. So I was just sitting in class for the donuts, essentially. <laughs> so oh my right. God, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So Organic she would just let me sit in. So that is where that was from. So yeah, you guys went to U of M together. And then after college, Sam moved to go to school or go to school, go work in Boston, Massachusetts. And Boston. that was in like 2016, I think. 2017 to last year that's when i lived yeah. in boston and so I, I really didn't see you the first time i saw you probably after high school was like maybe 2018 like was in it, person was it when we were all at your your house then 2019 it might have been 2019 wow, that might have been 2019 but we still maintain like a connection because we had a group chat going on with our, our our five guys 
well, Wyatt was in it until he got not an iPhone and we kicked him out. And then <laughs> we're talking about like how everybody stays together. I'm just going to yeah. plug it again. It's all because of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then now you're in Boston working for Microsoft. You are yeah. best friends with Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates is a really good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> you're the reason talk, for his divorce. <laughs> we talk every week. I, I was helping him through his divorce actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to give him good advice. You know, uh, I've, I've heard I give good relationship advice sometimes and he really needed it. So the divorce was a good move for him. <laughs> He's just walking up to random employees. What should I do about my marriage? What should I do about my marriage? What should I do about my marriage? And then Sam's like, divorce? <laughs> My favorite part about the Bill Gates jokes is that he hasn't even like been like a part of the company in over like 12 years or right. something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's still like just the figure of Microsoft. Like people just, just know him. Um, that's funny. Yeah. So now you are just working in Seattle. What is your favorite part? I know that you kind of moved there. I think you moved during the whole pandemic. I did. So like what is your, what's your favorite like part about, what was your favorite part about living in Boston first? Oh, well, the awesome part about Boston is um, how easy it is to get everywhere because the city is actually kind of small yeah. and they have a lot of like existing infrastructure set up for like, um, like the trains, the buses, like all of it is already there. So you can go anywhere in the city pretty easily without having to drive. And we didn't really own a car at that time. So we go out to the bar, stay out till 2 a.m., get super hammered and still make it home. Okay. And it wasn't really a huge deal at all. What about in Seattle? I don't know if you've been able to explore much because of that. I saw Julie, who's your fiance, was posting, I think it was like two weeks ago or a week ago. It was either a donut or an ice cream cone. And I said, hey, if I ever come out to Boston, we, or when I ever come out to Seattle, will you take me there? And she said, yeah. So I'm assuming they have some good eateries there. Yeah, Seattle has a lot of good food. Um, we haven't eaten down inside in too many places yet because they lifted their mask mandate, I think, like three weeks ago. All right. But uh, there's a lot of good options here. Um, a, lot, a lot of like Asian inspired uh, places too, because obviously we're on the West Coast, you know, Pacific Ocean and all that. So we really like the international district of Seattle. There's a bunch of cool stores there, a bunch of little, like mom and pop shots, uh, shops that have been like started by from immigrants from like a generation or two yeah. ago. A lot, a lot of cool stuff to see really. As far as, you know, you're living out in Seattle now. Do you think it's a, do you, do you think it's like a long-term thing that you're going to stay? out there yeah i don't see us leaving this area anytime soon um we eventually want to buy a house out here you know whenever the housing bubble decides to burst at some point but uh the thing we like about the west coast is it seems like everyone here is kind of like the same like style living that we have kind of grown accustomed to you know big city living um you know hanging out every weekend doing whatever not necessarily having to have a car to go places it just all around pretty good convenience. Um, the people here are pretty nice. That was the kind of the thing I didn't like about Boston where mm-hmm. you couldn't really be, you couldn't really talk to strangers. And I guess why would you most of the time, but like no one was really that friendly and gotcha. yeah, so everyone the, was just kind of going about their life and not wanting to talk to anyone. Does the phrase mass hole, is that accurate? Oh, that is very accurate. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I even, I even like, you know, was friends of people who I guess you, you could consider they were mass holes, but like you're cool guys once you get to know them. But yeah. on the surface, like they do not give off, a, you know, a friendly aura, if that makes sense. Is your favorite thing about living in Seattle right now the fact that you're three hours behind everyone so that I'm three hours in the future from where you are? I think that's how time zones work, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's nice because I can tell when, you know, a basketball game ends and bet on it and make a bunch of money. <laughs> exactly. It's actually kind of um, crappy sometimes because everyone goes to bed, like, when I'm, like, wide awake. And I yeah. already stay up pretty late as it is. So by the time I go to bed, it's, like, 3 a.m. for you guys, and no mm-hmm. one's awake during the week. But right. that's okay. It gives me more time to myself too. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's enough of that shenanigans. I do have two things I'd like to bring up before the love and hate us. The first one is, I don't know if you guys saw this story or not, but there was a woman who was going to find a dog. So she went to the animal shelter. She ended up finding the dog that she lost two years ago and readopted that dog. Did I remember her? Yeah. Like there's a video on the internet of the dog, like recognizing her. Wow. It's pretty maddening. But wait, how did she um how did she know it was the dog? Was it a microchip or something? Or did the like same exact like look? I don't know. She said that he was picked up as a stray in 2019 and then the dog like ran away. And then she was scrolling through like a some pet adoption service and was like, This is my dog. I guess it's something that you know, like you just know. Wow, that's really awesome. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So there's a video, it's very emotional because dogs reuniting with people. Who doesn't like a good dog video, you know? I love dog videos. Every time there's a dog outside, um, I, I always shut the joy. Be like, Julie, there's a dog. We have to look right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're driving. There's a dog. There's a dog <laughs> in oncoming traffic. It's like it's like uh, in up that dog with the voice box. But every time he sees a squirrel, he's like in the middle of a story. And he's, <laughs> yeah, <"Squirrel!"> right. <laughs> the other thing is much less happy. Um, Hip hop artist legend Biz Marquis passed away. Who I don't know if you guys are familiar. He seems Baby just a friend. You. Yeah. Got what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also had a pivotal role in the Men in Black films as one of the aliens who was just beatboxing in the post office. So that was also him in one of those. Wait, which one? He was the one that goes. <laughs> oh <laughs> He's my like God, the that's really good, Stephen. Thank Holy you. I'm an shit. I'm an alien, actually. Surprise. But he passed away. I think it was complications of diabetes. I think is what they said. But just a friend is one of the greatest songs of all time, and that is always in my playlist i always have a revolving playlist and that is always in it and it's very sad because granted i didn't listen to much of his collection of works but that song is always one of my favorites to listen to so it's just you can tell how much somebody means to somebody when there's an outpouring of love when they pass and he also had an outpouring of love when he was alive so that's how you know that somebody's a really good person so that's a bummer so just wanted to say thoughts out to all of the people affected by that because he's pretty cool yeah rest in peace for sure that, that, that song is like certified banger yeah so now we're going to get into the love it's and hate it's Sam. Usually the guest goes last. So are you okay with going last this time? I am. So you can okay surprise with us with what you want to do. Connor, do you want to go first? Or would you like me to go first? I'll go first. And it's related to something we were talking about off air, but uh, it was like Pokemon Go Fest this past weekend. It's actually still going on today. And so I spent a lot of time outside down in like the central uh, kind of park area of my town. It's called the Green it's really pretty. Well, what, a, um, what an original name. I know, right? The green. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so there's a bunch of people gathered in this little park area in the middle of town. We're all playing this, like most of us are playing the same game, eight, all different ages. People are just having a great time meeting each other. And then all of a sudden, like everyone once in a while, you're here. And it's just you're like looking around and it's just these people with motorcycles Big ass trucks. And there was actually a Lamborghini. I wasn't mad about that. But everything else just had this really loud, obnoxious engine. 
And I've been downtown many times, right? But I've never heard this many loud engines at the same time. So I think what it is, is they're seeing a bunch of people outside downtown. And they're like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go f- it up with these loud engines. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I get it if you... If you're into cars, maybe you want to spec it out and make it sound weird, but I don't see the appeal of that. And no. I just, that's my hater. No. There was, um, I went down, one of my coworkers had their going away party. So we ended up going to one of the bars downtown and this guy decided that'd be a good idea to just burn out his motorcycle for about 45 seconds and just drown out everyone trying to talk to each other and try and just like enjoy the music and just kind of relax. So he decided to just be super obnoxious about it. And I'm like, are you compensating for something? Can you get like arrested or something for that? Like disturbing the peace? It's probably a citation. Yeah, probably at at some point, like in the night, I think you probably get a citation. I don't know how it is during the day. But yeah, it's like unnecessary, you know? Yeah, I don't see the purpose of it. Um, Steven, I know you have a. uh, Never mind. I'm not going to (laughs) say. Oh. No, I was going to make a joke about you having like a really souped up Vespa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had a vespa dude i wish i watched um luca and they were trying to get vespas that whole entire time and i was like dang i really need a vespa is that your dream car yeah it's like a little segway scooter oh it's always oh, a scooter mm-hmm. yeah moped that's what the word moped, moped not a segway yeah, moped yeah. but it's like the italian version of a moped it's called a vespa, vespa. Yeah, yeah yeah i'd be done with the vespa i could trick it out you know and get some neon underglow dude i would look Ooh. fresh drive that to drive that to work like what's up can i get some money beep beep that might be that might be cool to have in a city like seattle i don't know because you don't have to worry about like parking at like a car exactly and it's smaller exactly there's dedicated lanes for uh like small vehicles like that too already you can get around what do you what do you love connor sounds like you hated the obnoxious vehicles but what do you love i love rl stein if you'll if if people can see i don't know if there's gonna be a video or not but my name on zoom right now is arl stein fanboy uh <laughs> so arl stein for people who weren't allowed to read fun books when they were kids is the <laughs> author behind fear street and goosebumps um goosebumps is i guess you just is it like i guess horror for kids and then fear street is like horror for teens um uh and 400 million books sold to date. The second highest selling book franchise of all time behind, can you guys guess? Lord of the Rings. No. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. That was a, a good guess. <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was a good guess. But yeah, second highest selling book series of all time. Uh, and I just, I just really like them. I remember some of my earliest memories of like reading and watching TV shows and being like, Ooh, this is different. This is something I enjoy that kind of irks me a little bit, but I like it. It was like watching. Cause in, in addition to the books, they also had movies and TV shows. Uh, the haunted mask was definitely a classic stay out of the basement night of the living dummy. What's, what's your guys' exposure to the goosebumps franchise in general personally i think i've read at least like 30 of them when i was a kid or something like that if there is that many I'm just... oh yeah there's definitely way more than that right so i definitely remember some of the ones you mentioned like the mask like that sticks out in my head like very vividly i remember reading that as a kid and getting like absolutely like scared shitless yeah 
and then like they had like the tv show series too that basically like portrayed the books in like live action form and like that just added more to like how great and like crazy those books were i've never read them have you ever seen the show steven nope so wow. steven is not uh you know well documented not a fan of horror but i would put like an <laughs> asterisk next to this and say it's not i don't think you're going to be so spooked out you're not going to be able to sleep man i gotta watch like fear street i mean it just sounds like it's more of a slasher horror yeah and that, that was my other thing is like yeah. in addition to goosebumps they have fear street which is a collection of books that I guess came out before Goosebumps. I never read them, but Netflix is currently, well, they just had the third in a trilogy that came out in back-to-back-to-back Fridays, and they're they're fun. They're fun. I wouldn't say they're, like, amazing movies. I don't think they're going to get a lot of Oscar nominations, but they're fun. They're campy. There's some, like, it's some comedic moments, some gruesome deaths, but it's never, like, super scary. Like, I definitely still think about them, but I'm not... You know, I would rather go, I think of it kind of like an amusement ride where like in the moment, it's like, oh, this is kind of freaky, but it's also fun. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't like the paranormal, which we've talked about before. Like I, I watched um, like the Haunting of Hill House or whatever. Yeah. Watched like two episodes of that. I was not feeling that. And, but I, I don't mind like the slasher stuff, the thrillers, that stuff's fine. When you say you don't like paranormal, do you mean just like anything involving like ghosts and stuff? Yeah, like I don't that? like it, which is weird because that's a lot less likely to happen than like somebody coming to slash me up with a pickaxe right. or something but i just prefer that stuff i i'm a big component of uh watching like ghost hunter tv shows so i'm kind of like desensitized to most of that stuff yeah. at this point my one of my favorite shows that me enjoy like to watch is ghost adventures and it's basically just a bunch of like buff dudes going around just <laughs> finding ghosts and saying oh bro did you hear that <laughs> we should do that well, that we should. It'd be we a should. tough. It'd be tough for the three of us to do that. We'll just do it over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you hear that in my room? Oh my god, I saw your tissue move. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, I kind of already touched on my love it here a little bit because of what we talked about earlier. But it was just one, one thing that I love is like friendships that stand the test of time, and that was kind of about Sam. I mean we're more friends now because we game pretty frequently all the time and like talk and discord and all that stuff. So it's not like we're not friends, but I had an instance over the weekend where I was getting fitted for a tux and I was at the store and one of the guys who was sizing me up, his name is tone. And he's been a friend since probably like after college or like after high school, he was a year or two below us. So we weren't really friends in high school, but afterward we came pretty close and I saw him there and, and you know, it was like no time had passed. And then as I'm leaving, I see my friend, Kristen, who we graduated with back in 2013 that I've not seen in eight years and got to catch up with her. And it just felt like nothing changed. And I think that those are the, that's what friendship should be is that you can just like pick back up right where you left off. And I think that our collective group of friends is kind of that way where you can go three years without actually like seeing yourself in person or talking when you just like pick up right where you left off. Like no time has passed. And I think that is the sign of like a very strong friendship and something that is forever and something that means a lot to somebody. Yeah. It's, it's really nice being able to like catch up with people like that and kind of see like how they've grown themselves. But at the same time, like they're exactly the same still. Like exactly. I went, I went to a wedding like a month ago, you know, I was standing, I was standing in the wedding and I, you know, I haven't even talked to the groom in like three years, but we used to like best friends, you know, caught up super easily. And it's like no time has passed at all, even though we barely talked at all. And I know. it's like, it's a really cool feeling to be able to do that. Yeah. Because it just goes to show like the connection that you had initially was more than like we were talking about earlier, this episode convenience. It's more than just 
like that awkward stuff like hey how's it going okay bye it's more like hey what have you been up to i saw this on facebook how's that going for you and you actually like care to talk about them compared to just being like hey see ya sorry i muted myself for a second uh <laughs> anyways yeah no i agree i think I, I don't know how it used to be it's so weird to think of a time before the internet because it, it's so much of our lives are broadcast and just public or, or like available to our circles if we let them that it really just ends up being like, I think back in the day, if you went to a high school graduation, which we have coming up in two years, and you're seeing people that you maybe haven't, you know, if you don't live by them or you're not in the same friend group, like you wouldn't know that they got married. You wouldn't know that they have three kids until you see them again in person or whatever. Um, I think, you know, with, with the way it is now, we're not going to have those same, or it's going to be way more unlikely that you'd have that same like instant discovery of being like, oh, wait, you're we had gym class together and now you have a wife and an ex-wife and you have like six kids and like, you're not going to, you're going to, you're not going to need to have that same like, Oh, moment, or you right. might still, but I mean, it's, it's less likely now because like, to your point, like even the, the Kristen, you know, you brought her up. I've seen her on Facebook, but I haven't spoken a word to her in almost a decade. Yeah. I, I, but I still feel like I, I like have an idea of like how her life or like what's going on in that life. Right. You know? Like I still recognized her even after all that this time. And it's just weird because you just don't lose connection because of always being online for, for say, because of like Facebook and things like that. Like you're still catching up with people. And like you were saying, that was things that you would 20 years ago, you'd be like, Hey, yes, this is my wife, blah, blah, blah. But now with social media, you're like, Oh yeah, that's your wife. I, saw pictures from your honeymoon. I saw pictures from your vacation a few years ago, blah, 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 blah. blah. I look like a lot of fun. It's easier to like retain information, a lot of stuff too. So you can kind of- told me that Kristen could recognize you even with that mustache. Yeah. <laughs> you look okay. like a different- <laughs> Okay. I've gotten shamed over my mustache so many times. What? Where was the shame? I just said, you look like a different person. With I was a at work last week and one of the HR people who does our payroll came down and was like gesturing toward my beard was like, Hey, are you rebelling because of my beard? <laughs> I went home and shaved my beard on my lunch break and no, came you, back. I did. And no I was going to, I did. I did. And I was going to be like, Hey, you were saying something about my beard. I don't have one anymore. <laughs> wait, wait, you did that to be petty, but yeah. even you didn't even confront them. after. Not to be petty, but I, I do know that I can't grow a beard. So when it does grow and it gets like, like it just grows underneath. So I was like, I should probably just trim it. So I want to do it as a joke. So yeah, so stop hating on the stash and the beard. I'm not hating. <laughs> Speaking of hating, we hey. talked about our love for the Olympics a few weeks ago, and I'm going to say that I'm hating the Olympics right now. Okay. Because no fans at the moment, which is kind of like a whole thing with spectators and everything like that. There's no fans at any of the Olympic events, which is very different this year. And on top of that, three people have already tested positive for coronavirus at the Olympics. So it's two athletes and then one visitor. So those three people have to quarantine. They're not going to be able to do anything for the Olympics, which sucks because the athletes are training all this time for this. And now they can't participate in the Olympics. So it begs the question, is it still worth it? Is it still worth having the Olympics if people are not going to be able to participate that trained for this and got accepted there? And is it still worth it to do this in the middle of a pandemic where Japan has not done a very well, good job controlling it and not done a very good job at getting vaccinations and everything. And is, are you just pushing this through for money? Are you just pushing this through because it's somewhat something normal? I don't understand the risk of postponing it one more year so that everything can get more back to normal. I mean, 
people get older, maybe that's why, because some of these people yeah. might not be as yeah. healthy next year. But at the same time, like a big part of this is that athletes are sleeping on anti-sex cardboard beds <laughs> so that people don't commingle <laughs> at night. And they only passed out 150,000 condoms this time compared to last time where they put out 450,000 condoms in Brazil. And they're saying that, you know, it's for, it's for them to take home so they can practice the art of safe sex and kind of let the community know, yeah, you should always, don't be silly, wrap your willy, but is it worth it? Is it worth sleeping on a cardboard bag so you don't have sex to have the Olympics? I mean, is it going to feel the same winning a gold medal, not in front of a crowd? Like, I'm sure the athletes want to be there, but at the same time, this is not what they wanted. Can I get some context on the whole sex thing? So are you, are you saying that like for Brazil, they actually passed out 400,000 condoms? Is that actually a thing? Oh yeah. They pass out a bunch of condoms at the Olympic village each time that the Olympics are happening because they're like rabbits. It's a lot of, it's just imagine wow. you train, like it's the most fit, physically gifted people in the world in their prime. And they're just like held together in a bubble for like four weeks in a row. And you're just seeing like all these bodies are on. You're like, huh? Yeah. So sometimes you just got to commingle with the other countries, you know? And so this time around only 150,000 and they got cardboard beds that can only like hold like not two people's weight. Mm -hmm. So that's the point of kind of trying to deter people from romancing. And so even then like Olympic village is like a myth, but it's also like a legend where you just imagine it to be a bunch of people just getting together and just, you know, enjoying the pleasures of life that are not on the, the sports field. The so, Olympic village has done more for international relations than the UN ever will. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> oh He's not God. wrong because it has like, oh no, the Soviet Union and the Americans are fighting. Let's just put two gymnasts in the same room and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Yeah. Guys, I think we just solved all the wars. <laughs> <We did. laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to, it's kind of a question for you guys. Like, do you, like, I still am going to watch the Olympics nonstop when they're on, but at the same time, it's just going to be very different. And it kind of reminds me of the NBA playoffs last year where everything is in a bubble. And there's like no audience. So is it the same? Like, I mean, the Lakers won the championship and there's no crowd cheering. It's like the players making noise and it just feels very deflating. And that's the question is, is it worth it? Is it worth doing it now instead of postponing it? Because I thought that they were going to postpone another year and they did not. And I think that it's going to be risky to do so because two people already tested positive. I'm sure they're not the only ones. Yeah. One, one thing I don't really understand is why couldn't like some of these um, people who are actually going to the Olympics, like be fast tracked into getting vaccinated. If it's so important to the world that this right. happens, like, you know, we have a huge surplus of like vaccines here in the U.S. that just aren't being used. And I don't really understand why those couldn't like be coordinated in some way to make this safer for the people who, you know, have to basically be there at a time exactly. where it's dangerous to be around other people. Exactly. And the, the, the no fans thing is what sucks a lot, too, because that's part of the atmosphere of going to the Olympics. Like, yeah, you're doing the 100 yard dash and Usain Bolt, who's not racing this time around but he's bolting out you want to cheer him on if it's just them running against no sound it's just gonna be weird and i'm sure that the athletes will probably be thrown off by that as well and so i also was like why wouldn't you just split it up in various different cities like you have the track and field in california have gymnastics in japan have this and that in other places because track and field california is like usc ucla they have all the tracks and everything in los angeles and o'connor hates los angeles but you could just have all the olympians go there and so why, are, and then just give Japan like the next one. 
that's another thing. I mean, I'm not on the Olympic planning committee, so what do I know in life? But it just seems like this is going to be a squandered experience for the people that are there. I think just for the point about why wouldn't they postpone it again is I feel like it's, it's tough to keep your body in yeah. the shape that they've done and they've, they've done it. They postponed it 12 months already. And some of these people are probably already pushing their bodies to the limit. And then to say, Oh, it's another 12 months from now. Are they going to do more trials? Like do these people lose out on the chance that they earned? I don't know. Like, do they right. just never get to go to the Olympics? I know. So it's like, what do you do? Do you postpone another year? Do you let people be at risk of coronavirus? Heaven forbid you smoke weed. Am I right? Yep. So that's my thoughts. Um, I'm still going to tune in. Uh, my favorite Olympic sport. I don't know if you guys want to chime in, but my favorite Olympic sport is the whitewater rafting because it looks a lot of, like a lot of fun. So wait, is that really, that's a real thing. They have built oh, a whitewater okay. rafting course. And that's I didn't know so that cool. until like two summer Olympics ago. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> oh man. I, I love the Olympics. One of my most vivid memories of like middle school was watching Michael Phelps. Oh yeah. Uh, I had a bunch of people like camping out in my backyard and it was like eighth grade maybe or something like that. And my dad came outside to get us all when, uh, when Phelps was on. And so we had a bunch of us just in like the living room late at night. Cause I, where was 2008 with Beijing? Yeah. So it was like a weird, you know, late at night for us. I just remember us all huddled around the TV, watching him win that, whatever number of gold medal it was and just feeling like yeah we this is for us <laughs> us teenage boys from america who had nothing to do with this guy but it and was it's just really fun i also just want to say thanks for the invite to watch the olympics in 2008 in your backyard because i wasn't there so i'm glad you know me <laughs> sam what do you love and what do you multi, hate in a different multiverse you were invited <laughs> oh, multiverse are we going to bring that up now no because i'm about to blow my mind with some marvel stuff sam what do you love what do you hate lay it on us you know Alrighty. Be the um, guest that we are expecting. I'm going to start with my hate, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. This kind of ties back into the whole Pokemon Go conversation we had earlier. One thing I don't really like about the modern trend for video games, and pretty much hate it actually, is limited time events. Ooh. So I don't know about you guys, but um, if you play a video game that's like online, and they have all these events going on at the same time, you feel like you're missing out on something if you enjoy that game and you can't play it during that period of time. Yeah. So like, you know, all your friends, maybe they got like a cool skin, maybe they got like a shiny Pokemon or something, and you couldn't play that weekend because you were working or because you wanted to play a different game. It kind of like forces you into playing something, you know, at, you know, scheduled times that the, the game developers came up with and all these games are competing with each other. And it's kind of hard to um, figure out what you want to do if you care much about those games. Yeah, yeah no, could. that's that's definitely a thing. You know, you bring up Pokemon Go and our friend Brandon and our friends Brandon and Andy, they both, you know, they work at wineries. So they're working, their busiest times are Saturdays and Sundays, which just happens to be when these events for a game that they really love and play and put a lot of time into, they don't really get to enjoy that because they have to work because the developers just think that everybody you know that enjoys the game gets that time off uh so i agree with you i think the limited times events are are tough for, for players also like the what i think of is kind of animal crossing a little bit how they have like holiday events and stuff and so if you don't yeah. have time to log in on christmas you miss out on that thing or easter or things like that where you know i think that the limited time event should be expanded a little bit longer 
Yeah, I don't know about you guys, like how many games you, you tend to play at once, but there was a time where I was like actively playing like three online games that like have <laughs> rotating events. And there's just not enough time with like work, like real life, like everything going on to like fully enjoy those things. Like I just feel like there's so many games trying to compete for your attention and probably yeah. your money too. It's not like high school where we would breeze through homework and then play video games for seven hours a day until you go to bed and then just do it every single day because i never grow that. up never grow yeah. up if you're listening yeah <laughs> stay stay young <laughs> yeah but uh i i think there is yeah there definitely is an issue with having the limited time events i think there's like sometimes a pro like pros to them like for instance i had that event where there was a bunch of us people who had never met each other just hanging out in this one area for a limited time which was cool but yeah, I guess it isn't like there's probably people who really wanted to be there, but just couldn't. It's know? a double edged sword. You know, yeah. people people are always did miss out on stuff like that. I just think it's kind of crappy when like there's not like an option for people who can't go to like still experience what's happening. Right. Right. Definitely. What do you what do you love, Sam? Hit us with it. This is kind of a new one for me. Um, I love tattoos and I don't, I don't even have any tattoos yet, but I already love them. Um so for those who don't know, I'm going to get my first tattoo in roughly two weeks. It's going to take five hours to do. Nice. Um, it's going to be my favorite Pokemon, Espeon. You know, it's my favorite Pokemon ever since Gen 2 back in like 2000. And uh, I just think they're a super cool way to express yourself. Um, you know, a bunch of my close friends, especially here in Seattle, they've gotten a whole bunch of tattoos over the past couple months, um, you know, of whatever they love, you know, whether they be K-pop, anime, you, you, you have it. It's just like a really fun way to like see what people are into. I think so, too. The way that you said, like, it's how people express themselves is very accurate because people are going to put something that they are interested on their body for the rest of like, I know that some people put like random things and it's like an assortment of stuff, yeah. like, but that those things are still meaningful to them. And Espeon, I mean, I've known you since fifth grade. I know that you love Espeon. And that was actually one of my mailbag questions. Was, Who's your favorite Pokemon? But you kind of already answered that. I already <laughs> knew that, but I wanted the people to know, but you kind of already answered that. So I think it's important too. And so like you're getting a tattoo I'm planning on. So my grandmother absolutely despised tattoos when she was living. She did not like them. She's like super quiet, super liberal, like, progressive woman except for tattoos so i thought huh the best way to honor her is get her handwriting on my left forearm so i'm going to do that <laughs> so um she would be probably rolling in her grave so that's how i'm going to honor her but yeah like tattoos are just important like i'm going to get matching tattoos with some of my friends of like the ampersand which is like the and symbol just mm -hmm. because we were all literature majors and we think that'd be cool to kind of be tied together for that so i think that it's awesome and i'm excited to see what it looks like for you Thanks. I think the I think in general, like they're on like the come up. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like growing up, like there was definitely that like tattoo stereotype of like if you get a bunch of tattoos, you won't be able to get a job. You yes. know, people kind of look down on you. They think you're not up to no good, even if it's like something that's like not even related to like doing bad things. Like if it's just even like a picture like Mickey Mouse, people will be like, Oh, you're not gonna be able to get a job with that. Well, we still can't have tattoos visible at our workplace, even though right. some people do all the time. So it's like not even a real rule, apparently. But I think that within 10 years, it'll be fine. Like, oh, you can wear a tattoo if you want. But I think that it's important to like express yourself in that way. And I think that it's cool that you're doing that. Yeah, I just have I, I personally don't have anything that I I've thought about it. People have asked me, like, oh, if you're, you know, are you going to get a tattoo? And my thing is, I don't know what I would get. Because to your point, it's something that's going to be with you forever. And I don't know if there's anything that I, I can think of that I want 
painted on my body forever at this point maybe in the future that will change but Can i draw uh, you a picture of what <laughs> that's a surprise <laughs> until it's tattooed on you don't know what it is mm. sam how long have you been thinking about this espion tattoo i'd say about a year now okay. um julie definitely got tattoos before i did of julie my fiance and uh she got her first tattoo when she was in costa rica just kind of out of the whim you know it's like a like a fun little plant on her arm and ever since then it's gonna be kind of like you know why not you know yeah. I, I think people especially you know they're told growing up that like you can't do something like this so many times and then just see someone that you care about suddenly do that and it doesn't really affect them it's like oh yeah it's a no-brainer at this point right I know it's a lot. To, I know it's a lot to think about as, as far as like having on your body forever. But I think one of the beauties of it is like if you just don't really think about it too much and it's just there, it just kind of becomes part of you, just in mm-hmm. general. Stephen, so you're getting the you're thinking about getting the ampersand. What other things have you thought about getting on your body? Oh man, that's those are like the only two things that I've actually thought of because like you, I don't know what else is meaningful in my life enough to right. get tattooed on my body. Like I can think of symbols and stuff, but I want like I'm not into like the inspirational quote things that people get tattooed on them or like, yeah, I mean, I'm not religious at all. So no Bible verses are going to be tattooed on me, but things that are like meaningful, like my grandma is probably the most influential person in my life. And I want to commemorate her somehow memorialize her permanently. So that's why I want her handwriting. And then the ampersand thing, I kind of want it behind my left ear and then just kind of have that there. So that it's just kind of a symbol of, because I grew, gained a lot of friends at SVSU that I'm very close with. And it's just a way for us all kind of like what, have that what connection. What about your favorite uh, Dick Cheney quote? <laughs> Mm, you know, um, I don't really have a favorite you... <laughs> Dick Cheney quote at the moment. Um, I could probably come up with one and I'd probably get it tattooed on my. I don't know. I don't even know if that would deserve any place on your body. <laughs> what about a podcast logo, dude? I, you know, be, be your own advertisement. Yeah. Once we get a, once we get popping and once we get $15 million worth of sponsorships, I'll get it tattooed on me. But until then, no. All right, I'm holding that to you, by the way. <laughs> You're going to be our sole proprietor. Yep. I kind of want a feather on my body some way. So I kind of also thought about that because it's just kind of peaceful, like watching a feather go through the wind and kind of like going with the flow kind of sort of symbolizes that. So thought about that too. I don't even know where I'd get that. So I've had some ideas come down the old, uh, in the old brain. That is all. Sam, uh, thank you for joining us. I have two questions for you for our mailbag. So it's time for the mailbag. I haven't said that in a while because nobody really has asked us any questions. So we're dry in the inbox. So people, if you want mailbag questions, hit us up. So I already asked favorite Pokemon. You already said Espeon. What was your favorite course in college? Favorite course in college. Interesting. So it has nothing to do with my major, but that's okay. I think in this case, (laughs) So there was a class that I took um, called video game music, like um, history and kind of how like people who make video game music kind of go about composing it and kind of, you know, seeing like their vision for that game turned to life. Um, One thing we did in that class was we would um, have the professor kind of get on a Zoom call, like famous composers from video games. And they would talk about their like process of actually coming up the music for that game. Like um, one one time he got the composer of uh, Donkey Kong 64, Magic Kazooie. <laughs> That's Kirkham, awesome. Whoa. On the Zoom call. And it was the coolest thing in the world. Like <laughs> being able to ask him questions and like for him to talk about his design process with that. Like I was just kind of blown away because I grew up with those games. And like That's insane. 
the music for those games, like the DK rap, like stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's stuck with me forever. And then be able to like talk to the guy that like actually came up with that. It was a huge. I think that this is a good opportunity to bring in something I haven't thought about in a long, long time since maybe calc in high school, Sam, you and video game music kind of have a history, right? Like you (laughs) made videos on youtube of you making songs with mario mario Paint composer yep and people may have heard these because they're actually very popular right like isn't there like hundreds of thousands of views on some of these videos my highest one i think had like three hundred thousand views it was uh michael jackson's beat it on mario (laughs) paint (laughs) that is awesome Uh, we're in the we're in person with a legendary YouTube composer right now, Sam Irish. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I think I joined YouTube back in like 2007 or something like that. So like still the early days, you know, Bull Burnham, stuff like that. But uh, one th- like one thing I like, I really liked about it was like you can kind of like upload and do whatever because you don't have to worry about like copyright or like yeah. worry about like making money or anything. It was still in like its infancy. So I would like literally just making music and like you know dumb snes mario game (laughs) upload to youtube and it would give views it's like it was like one of the coolest things i ever did honestly connor has a question that he asks every guest so i'm gonna have him ask you this question it's the last question yes and what was your first cell phone oh my first cell phone i think it was mm, it was some it was some form of the razor i'm pretty sure Ooh, i gotcha yeah, that was a, a stunning phone. Yeah, he said that that Connor asked that question because it can tell a lot about a person. So, yeah, I didn't really have a cell phone for the longest time, or the one I had was like a, a shared family cell phone or something that I would sometimes use. But my first like real one that I used myself was was a razor, and awesome. I like the phone a lot. I think I used that phone up until like the iPhone five. Wow. Then gotcha. I got an iPhone five. <laughs> well, Sammy, thank you for joining us. You're gonna hear me do our outro live in person. Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or any mailbag questions, if you have comments, thoughts, concerns, if you want to tell us they were bad at what we're doing, email us at I love it here, hate it here at gmail.com. If you have any desire to follow us on Twitter, love hate it here is our handle. I haven't tweeted in about five weeks now. So follow <laughs> it if you dare. Instagram is where we are most active. I love it here. I hate it here on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you enjoyed the episode, feel free to subscribe, follow it, rate it on Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to do. If not, then that's perfectly fine as well because we'll allow you to live your life how you want. Thank you all for listening again, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace and love. Try something new. Cheers. And then you hit end.